One of the great spiritual teachers of the yogic tradition of the last hundred years is a very profound being named Sri Aurobindo. His books we will eventually be reading in our classes, but they're very thick books and uh, very profound and some of them very difficult. Well worth reading, but it requires a preparation. But his insights are extraordinary, particularly regarding this changeover from one age to another and the spiritual evolution that must occur within us. For tonight, I want to limit myself to one of his points that I think is a very good approach to help you in your meditation. Sri Aurobindo says that the the primary act, the central act that a meditator is performing is an act of aspiration. That's what you're doing when you are meditating. You are aspiring to lift your consciousness. You're aspiring for two things. One is the ascent of consciousness from ego mind to sat mind. And at the same time, you are invoking the descent, the presence of the supreme consciousness, the supracosmic. One's own consciousness at an individual level must go from the proto-mental, the emotional, to the mental, to the supramental, and then it must meet the supracosmic. And it is in that that the yogic power is ignited. But we must first aspire to that. Without the aspiration, it will not happen. And it is the power that is gained, is evolved and generated by the aspiration, if it's authentic, that will call that supreme mind to you. And the more we realize that that is the only way out of our pain, the way out of our pain isn't uh, projecting it out on someone in the world, it's not by getting into conflicts and proving you're right, It's not going to happen uh, through any other method within the ego mind because all of your problems with other people are really projections of problems you have within your own soul. And once that is recognized, you will give up the false idea that you can solve these on an interpersonal relationship or that you can fulfill your fantasies and dreams from childhood by finding the perfect mate and all of that, and your life will be rescued from your troubles if only this or that, or the, a certain amount of money and the right car or the right property, or etc., etc., right? Everyone has their own vain hopes and dreams at the ego level. But it is only by the shift from the ego mind to the sat mind that all of those problems can be resolved. It doesn't mean that pain will end in one's life, but the suffering over it will end. And one will be able to handle things in an in intelligent way that is not distorted by the projections and the misunderstandings and the fantasies that are projected onto the world and onto specific other people designated as your bad object or even as your good object, but you will see things as they really are. But that cannot happen until this shift from ego mind to sat mind has occurred. Without that, it is all vain, empty, barren, and a futile repetition of the same circuit of dissatisfaction 
and suffering. So there must be this transformation, this shift of consciousness from the ego mind to the divine mind, the mind of our absolute being. And we can only do that first if we genuinely aspire to that. So that has to be step one. Okay? And the more powerful the urge is, the desire is to reach that liberation from one's suffering, one's illusion, one's ignorance, the more rapidly it will happen. And the more one can open one's heart to calling for the help of God, of the divine, of the Brahman, to enter into one's consciousness and fill it with that absolute power. It's an energy field. It doesn't come in the form of necessarily of words or of uh, ideas that will save you or of magical powers. But there is an, a response that will come from the Supreme One that will suddenly fill you with peace. It's a real energy. It's palpable. And then suddenly one is bathed in an energy that fills the cells of the body and there's a release even at the muscular level. And one can go, ah, okay. It's really the salvation of the soul. It will happen instantly. The, the problem is we don't hold on to it. We get saved for a little bit, for five minutes, and we're okay, now we're going to go back to the battle and the ego mind. But if we remain in that state, the salvation would occur now and forever. Just let yourself live in that mind, not in the lower mind with all of its mirages that never produce the satisfaction and the love that you really want in your life. So this is the first step, is that this aspiration. And then there must be a consideration of what does this mean? What is this divine mind? Where even is the aspiration located? Because it cannot be localized. If you ask, where is this feeling? Is it, is it localized here or here or here? It's not. It's in another dimension. It's in an inward dimension. And so that will take you into the inward being of your essence, not of the physical manifestation. And that in itself will take you from prakriti to purusha. That's the first step from the identification with the elements of nature that form the particular organism that you're in to the consciousness that offers the life energy that keeps the body alive. And then one can then call in that current and with love, with a, a true opening and a humbleness to ask for that energy of God. In the realization Ultimately, that all of this is the Brahman, all of it, all of it is Shiva. We ourselves are already that, but we have forgotten by falling into the false consciousness and by asking to be re-lifted up into the light from which we have come and which we ultimately are, it will be given. It is not held back from us. We are not being punished by having been thrown into the outer darkness. It was our own choice, and we can return to the light easily when we choose. And so by making that connection and feeling the descent of the energy into the body, now the essence of your consciousness can do the ascent of rising into the higher planes of your being. And then all that is earthly falls away. All that is related to the sanskaras and the traits of the personality, both in the conscious and the unconscious, can fall away effortlessly. Because now one is a higher dimensional 
presence. One is no longer a person, a being. One is being itself. And in that, then, there is a return, in that realization as an avatar, as the realization and manifestation of that divine that had been invoked, and now the realization of one's oneness with that, and the letting go of all that pertained to the desire body of the ego is replaced by the very ray of love that descends from the Supreme Sun into the body, and it will express itself through the higher buddhi, the higher intelligence, that will then produce a whole different kind of thought structure in the mind. Higher thoughts that see things as they really are, that have solutions, not problems, and that are based on an understanding of the unity of all of us and all of reality. And that higher intelligence that will then operate will be the instrument of the resolution of one's practical life problems. So this is practical. Yoga is not theoretical and it's not pie in the sky. It's bringing that pie down into the earth. It's bringing that light, making it very real here on this plane so that we can transform this plane of reality, which is the gift that has been given us. But we can only do that when we have meditated to such an extent that we have purged the anxieties and the desires and the fears out of the ego's desire body. And then we are in a state of what in yoga is called samatha. It is the equanimity that can deal with whatever you face in life without responding with either disturbance or some kind of manic happiness, over-happiness about the situation. When, okay, it's fine, it's good. Whether it's an attack or it's a kiss, whatever it is. It is something that one can receive with a namaste, with a recognition of the beauty of the entirety of the play that is here to both teach us and to give us a chance to play that role of offering teaching, wisdom, compassion, and to act always with that humility of the realization that we are, we are all one. And when we have that samatha, that equanimity, then it is very easy to have the dharana, which means that all of the dispersed energies of one's consciousness that had been busy projecting out there, love and hate and anger and fear and all of those other things, are all able to be retrieved back into one's center and converted back into the light that it truly is. And when all of it has been transformed back into its original form, of that pure divine vibration, then we're done. This is the salvation. And the soul will then have completed its bodhisattva task and then will graduate to the next level. And this will all be given effortlessly, easily, and naturally because it is our nature. But we have to be done with the illusion. We have to grow up. And we have to recognize that remaining in the ego with its dualities and its enemies and its allies and its collusions won't do it. doesn't cut it anymore. There must be a letting go of all of those games. So in our meditation, let's do that. Let's start with the aspiration. Let's ask for the descent of the energy. Feel it. Enjoy it. Merge with it. Realize that this is your very own self coming back. You're, you're arriving home again. And then let that wave of energy carry you up to the source. And when you come back again, it will no longer be the same one who left. Okay.
Let's enjoy our meditation.